This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 36 our Survivor Series preview. I am your host, Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. It is time. It is Survivor Series time. It's TakeOver War Games time. The go-home shows are in the books. And it was, it was probably the most chaotic build I've seen, at least for Survivor Series, is the most chaotic build I've seen in recent memory. And we just saw TLC. This was insane. Yeah, and TLC was nuts, and we raved about that. But the, the last two weeks especially have been all of this turnover from the different superstars, whether or not they're going to – the championships are changing hands. The teams are swapping around. We're getting new people showing up on both teams for the Survivor Series match. Yeah, we were talking about how they had four weeks to build for this and how are they going to you know, fill the time. Well, they filled the time with madness, with, with, with swerves and with new additions and with people coming out of the woodwork to, to replace people in matches. I mean, we, we've got a lot to talk about to get ready for Survivor Series this week. And, and interestingly enough, by contrast, NXT has almost been building for too long. They've been dragging stuff out. For, for a while. Like, it's almost seemed like it's been too long to get them to war games. Well, Trips has been busy. We'll talk about that. Oh, he, <laughs> he has been a very, very busy man. Yeah, we had last-minute title changes just and returns just this week alone that we have to talk about. Well, before we get into the show, I just wanted to invite you guys over to the Busted Wide Open Facebook discussion group. You can come over to Facebook.com and just search for Busted Wide Open. You'll find us over there. Also, you can hit us up and argue with us about that match outcomes and stuff over on Twitter at BWO Podcast. And if you like what we're doing on this show, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash BWO. Head over there, throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar. Let us know what you think. And make sure to go onto iTunes, write a review, give us a rating, uh, give us some feedback back and make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can hear us every week but we got to get into the big news for this week so let's head over and talk about the big news well as we were just talking about lots of last minute changes going on that we ha really have to go over and the big one i really want to start with is what we hinted at a second ago triple h has returned to replace jason jordan an injured Quote unquote, quote unquote, Jason Jordan for Team Raw in the Survivor Series match. Yeah, this whole Raw was built around the build to Survivor Series, and a lot of it based around the fact that Stephanie McMahon returned and yep. basically tore Kurt Angle a new one. 
which, you know, the typical Stephanie fashion, she just puts herself over, makes Kurt look like an idiot the entire show. Reminded me a lot of Mankind's run as uh, Mick Foley's run as GM as well. They're kind of rehashing that a little bit, which I was not a big fan of. Um, and this entire show, you know, she was kind of basing it around the fact that Kurt had put his son, Jason Jordan, in the Survivor Series uh, five on five uh, free for all elimination match sure. that they had. Um, and you know, on this raw, we saw Jason Jordan have kind of like almost like a qualifying match or a proving proving himself match against a returning Bray Wyatt, who uh, who kindly put over young Jason Jordan. Yep. Even though Jason was selling a quote unquote knee injury that that Bray gave him, he still won. Bray beat him down, and then Kurt had to say, "I might have to take you out of the Survivor Series match because of your knee." And Jason very entertainingly pleaded with him to not take him out of the match. This might be one of the better baby babyface promos I've seen in a really long time. You know what? People online were kind of dissing Jason Jordan's promo here, his, his pleading with Kurt. to not, I thought it had a lot of great emotion in it. I, this was the best performance I've seen out of Jason Jordan. It was the most sympathetic I've seen him. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was great. The only problem for Jason Jordan was, in the middle of his begging and pleading, out comes Stephanie to tell Kurt, nope, make the announcement that I told you to make. Kurt couldn't make it. So someone came out and made it for him. The game came out and told Kurt, I'm going to make this announcement. I'm in the damn match. Your son's out. Screw him. Pedigrees Jason Jordan walks off. I mean, uh, that's the mic drop of all mic drops right there is, you know, come out, put yourself over, pedigree somebody, and then walk it's, out. It's classic <laughs> Triple H putting himself over. Yeah. No, the only it, thing missing was a sledgehammer. <laughs> well, that could, that could still be in the works. But here's the thing. I, well, we have to discuss real quick whether or not Triple H inserting himself into this match was a wise decision. I, I don't know how long they'd planned it for. I, from what I understand, it was something where Jason Jordan, it wasn't communicated to him until Sunday that that was going to change, that he was mm. out of the match. Um, whether or not this had been a plan for a, a, a bit longer than that or whether this was at the last minute them saying, ah, we can make this card even better. We'll throw Triple H in it for, <laughs> for you know shits and giggles. Uh, I don't, I, who knows how long they were planning it. It did feel completely out of left field and yes. random. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we were talking about how this is a really chaotic build. We don't see chaotic builds to pay-per-views that much lately. You know, it's a lot of times it's we, we have the matches set and then we build towards those matches and that's it. Well, this one has just been, you know, changing our expectations over and over and over again, whether it's AJ getting put into the Brock Lesnar match, uh, title changes we'll talk about later in this show. But here, here's an instance where uh, Triple H comes out of left field, and it is actually exciting. It's an exci- For me, I, I'm excited to see this. Not since the Attitude Era have we seen this level of shenaniganry Coming into a pay per view, you know, titles changing hands on TV and and insurgencies and insurgencies and you know uh, all this like, like with Raw and SmackDown invading each other and crossing over and just kind of all of the madness that's been going on. It it is faintly reminiscent of the Attitude Era, and that's one reason. It, it in one way, from an entertainment standpoint, it works, even though logic goes completely out the window sometimes. Well, let's take a step back and talk more about Triple H because he's been busy the last few months. He's been doing house shows with the Shield, which was weird. Uh, he's now booked to go with to India with Jinder Mahal to do a match over there to face him, and we found out today that he is going to be in Dubai in a match with Roman Reigns. What in the hell is going on, and why is Trips yet again inserting himself into 
what I believe, and this is me fantasy booking and theory crafting, but it, it feels like it's building towards another Triple H is going to come in and get the title in order to put over somebody else and give it up. One wonders because, you know, it's not like Triple H doesn't have a busy schedule as it is. The, exactly. dude's, the dude's running NXT and he's the COO. He's got his stuff to do. So it is interesting because, and also because a lot of these shows are house shows. They're not in kayfabe. You know what I mean? He can go and basically work out and have a match and he's still a huge draw. Sure. I mean, obviously, you know, he's still, he's Triple H for God's sake. But you know, so it's interesting to you know to have him going against gender in in uh, in India, for example. It kind of it still makes it a big deal match, even though the title's not on the line anymore. I think that was a way to kind of correct for that. Uh, him against Roman in Dubai. I mean, you couldn't find anyone else to go against Roman in Dubai. It was was I mean, I guess John Cena's busy, and they don't <laughs> they haven't built up anybody else, which leads us to another point that I want to get to with this with this with the Survivor Series match. Well, all the guys who are in this match are in their late 30s and 40s, with the exception of Braun Strowman, who's 34. The next youngest person is Finn Balor at 36, and everyone else is 38, now 37, 38, and up, all the way to like late 40s, uh, maybe early 50s. I have to look again. But the bottom line is this is a, this is an old Survivor Series match. Like all these people in this, all the guys in this are are, are up there. They're they're either veterans. Or they're getting to be veterans, and, and, and can, none of them are really going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, aside from you know Kurt and Shane, but I I, I don't know how much more competition they've actually got in their careers. But but it's none more, of the other guys are they're still fairly new. Most of them to the WWE, aside from like Randy Orton. Some of the, well, you've got Randy Orton, John Cena, uh, Shane, Kurt. Obviously, you know Shane and Kurt. You have special circumstances right. as far as like coming back and whatnot. You know, but obviously Cena and and uh, Orton have been around for a long time. Triple H, of course, is <laughs> Triple H. Uh, and but you know with guys like Finn and Joe and Nakamura and and Bobby Roode, it'd be impossible to not call them veterans, even though a lot of their time was spent in other companies. Yeah. So you know there there is an aspect here where you say, well, what's happening with your younger stars? Why aren't you building new people to be these future superstars? Um, I feel I, like that's going to catch up with them at some point. I that's the issue is that you know this. I don't know if this is the best example of it because there's a lot of really strong. Uh, arguments to be made for this being a really good match. I mean, I, I'm I'm really excited to see it. Uh, in in despite having those little like nagging misgivings in the back of my head that you know they're they're once again relying on their veterans to carry their their sales and they're not building new guys enough. Like Jason Jordan is kind of left out in the cold in this whole angle, and he's one that they obviously were giving a big push to and trying to see if he would be the next. Big guy. The audience is already turning on him because they can smell a forced push a mile away, and everyone thought the Kurt Angle Sun Angle was ridiculous. Right. So you know, I think that they've been doing some really good things with Jason Jason Jordan, and I hope that this kind of step backwards for him is they, that they have a plan with that because they could still make something out of him with what I see with him. But then there's other guys that you're looking at that I'm looking at too that are younger. You know, Seth Rollins, members of the like other members of the Shield, Dean and Seth, for example, sure, uh, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, who you know also are in their mid thirties. But it, it's also it's looking forward to the future. You know, I don't think Roman Reigns is going to be the answer that they want as far as the next John Cena. You know what I mean? I'm starting to get the impression that they might have pulled back on him. 
I, I really do. And I, I and since you mentioned Rollins and, and Ambrose, I think that for all three of those gentlemen, the best thing they could do, forgetting forgetting for a second what happens after, the best thing that they could have done for them to end twenty seventeen was reform the shield. Except because that, they are instantly over again. That, well they they Rollins and Ambrose never had a problem with being over. There was some confusion with their trajectories yeah. at certain points, but they were always over. Uh, the shield reformation is absolutely just to help Roman get over again, and it's working. Raw's numbers were way up this week, um, and now people are cheering him when he's coming out with the shield. When he does his oorah, everyone's doing it too. So it's working. Having him in the shield is making people happy, probably because he doesn't feel like he's the center of attention anymore. And he had a little promo bit this week when Stephanie was in the ring. They came out to... Uh, at the beginning of the show, when Stephanie was running down Kurt, the shield comes out to kind of defend Kurt, and Roman made his return from, you know, mumps right. or whatever it was he had. And the crowd was initially happy to see them, and then he started talking, and he gave another just awful Roman promo. Yeah. Mm, yeah mm, and mm. and then the crowd was like, oh, right, you're still Roman Reigns. Yeah. <laughs> but the whole rest of that, whenever he was in action with the shield, they were right behind him. Yeah. So... On one on one level for Roman Reigns, it's working to have him in the shield. And in another aspect, it's like you're just delaying the inevitable. So we're getting off the topic of Triple H coming into this, but the 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 bottom line is is that Triple H putting himself into this match, or we assume it's him putting himself into this match. It could just it could be Vince saying, I need someone in this match, damn it. Just hot shotting. And hot shotting it. Yeah. Um which is which again you know, it's not it's not not entertaining. It's not not interesting. It's not not fun. It is. It's all of those things. And it's going to make for a really awesome show, I believe. Uh, but as a pattern, as a habit, this is going to be something that's going to give them decreased dividends as time goes on. So it's it's a pattern that's going to get them in trouble if they continue. Well, the other shakeup that happened this week was over on SmackDown Live with the Women's Championship changing hands and Charlotte defeating Natalia with a bridged whatever figure figure eight, figure eight thing. Figure eight, got, sir. Yeah. yeah, no, this here's the thing. This wasn't that surprising. I believe we called this being a, a, a strong possibility last week because Charlotte versus Alexa is a much stronger match on yes. paper than Natalia versus Alexa. Uh, I'm sure and the would, minute we found out it was going to be in their hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina. That was the surprising part to me. That was what surprised me. No one wins in their hometown. Oh, okay. And that's, that's when she did. I was like, oh, she broke the curse. She broke the hometown <laughs> curse. She needs to rub off a little bit on Sasha Banks, who can't win at home to save her life, and Bailey. Both of them lose at home all the time, apparently. But here's the thing. The, the greatest part about this wasn't just Charlotte winning in Charlottesville. It was the Charlotte. surprise in Charlotte. Excuse me. Uh, Charlottesville is her hometown. This is the Ville of Charlotte. It's uh, <laughs> go walk with me here. Walk with Elias. No, the best part of this was the surprise return of the Nature Boy, Bright Ric Flair, Big City, Whoa! Pretty Ladies. Can't keep these Gators down. Nature he comes Boy. Out, he comes out to congratulate Charlotte at the end. Uh, pretty obviously planned. She she played like he was at home watching TV, and then swerve. Here's Ric Flair walking out at the end. Uh, 
to tear up and hug his daughter. And it that, was an, that it was hug an, from her to dad looked pretty genuine. It was so a, it, it was looked an awesome like a surprise. Moment. Come on, it was an awesome moment. It was great to I'm not crying. You're crying. Whether or not it was it was some cold hearted way to promote his new thirty for thirty TV show and the book that's coming. Who cares? How can you go to Charlotte, North Carolina, and not bring the Nature Boy out? <laughs> Period. Hard stop. Well, unless he's unless he's on uh, uh, in the hospital, which he's not anymore. Yep. he's back, and that's. Fantastic. I think that was what it was about for me, regardless of any kind of promotional stuff that might be going on, a 30 for 30 or the book that he and Charlotte wrote. You're back in Charlotte, which is kind of, it, it is one of ground zeros of, I mean, between like Ohio and North Carolina, they're the ground zeros of wrestling. And Ric Flair absolutely being one of those kind of original guys. So having coming to Charlotte, having him come out, Above and beyond the fact that Charlotte won the title in her hometown after all of the health scares and everything, man, this was one of those just mm, it was a hit me right in the feels being from Charlotte myself. So it was really, really awesome to see all of that kind of go down in my hometown. Yeah, no, just I mean, having her win the title and having Flair there, uh, Rick there for her, that was yeah, it was a wonderful moment. It was good TV and it was a good feel good moment. And Charlotte is your new champion. So another last minute, last minute swerve and change up on a match for Survivor Series. But this does also have a fallout to now we have Natalia over on the uh, Team SmackDown for the Survivor Series match. Correct. The women's so, Survivor so Series. So it affected two matches, essentially. Yeah. It affected the, the women's the champions match, champion versus champion match, and it affected the women's five-person uh, five elimination match. Right. So now you have two card changes the last second on the last show before on your go-home, go-home show before this double uh double roster uh pay-per-view event is that is putting natty on that team the right move i don't think they have a choice they don't have any other women on oh, smackdown really? okay. i don't think i can't think of any other woman they could put on there like lana tamina okay so here's the thing at this point i, I haven't seen it a hundred percent confirmed that it's natalia we could see a last minute swerve from nxt I highly doubt it. I, I, I sure. am like yeah. 99% it's Natalia. Well, there's certainly a few more things we have to touch on, but let's head over and talk about what went down on Monday Night Raw. So aside from the stuff that we've already touched about with Survivor Series, that's actually, shockingly, for a three-hour show, not that much more to talk about. There was a lot of little details leading up to Survivor Series matches, like you know the bar talking on Miz TV about Baron Corbin and about the Shield and, and yada yada and the Usos. Uh, a lot of business like that. But some of the major stuff that happened uh, was Bailey and had a had a three way match and she qualified for the women's match for the for the five way. So now we have our final member of the women's team Raw, and that's Bailey. The one other interesting thing that happened in this match was it was against Dana Brooke and Mickey James. And Dana Brooke at one point fell out of the ring and was being helped up by Asuka. And she kind of shoved Asuka away and pushed her away. And Asuka, of course, being Asuka, didn't like that. And she did some Asuka things to Dana Brooke, namely kicking her freaking head off. Right. Asuka's going to murder you. <laughs> uh, I think we've just found Asuka's next victim after Survivor Series. Yes. I think that's definitely a, a pointed take. Hey, we're going to have a feud with Dana Brooke after Survivor Series. That'll actually be pretty fun. I think Dana will be a, a, good, um, a, a good first name talent after Emma to put Asuka against to you know kind of slow build her towards her inevitable rise. She needs to continue rise. to murder people. She needs to murder people. She's not. She shouldn't be put in a title picture right away no. because she'll win the title and then it's gonna you know you, how do you take it off of her? She can't. You can't have her lose this soon. You have to have her go through the women's division one by one 
and murder them as, as she goes, take out the entire division, and then give her the title shot, or at least give her one or two uh, competitors before she goes for the title. There's plenty of time until WrestleMania to build to a big feud with a tier one uh, w- woman on the on the roster. Sure, let her just start at the bottom and just work her way all the way up, way up the ladder, just murdering have her, everybody. Have her feud with two or three women in between now and WrestleMania. WrestleMania, she takes the title. Done. Put a bow on it. Uh, the only other thing I had talked about with this match was. Wh- I mean, this was a fill time feud. Was was we had to drag out this whole Bailey angle of getting her onto this team for four weeks. This was one of the things that I thought was more of a traditional four week spread before our pay per view for right. WWE, where we just drag it out, drag it out, drag it out week after week, and Bailey finally gets on the team. And after all that drama that she's been through, they all get in the ring at the end and they're all hugging and putting their arms around each other and smiling. And I'm like, okay, so now we're just going to forget everything right. that happened for the last few weeks. All right, fine. Bailey's on the team. Done. Uh, moving on, we had another big match, literally big. Braun Strowman had a, a match in the main event slot versus Kane, and it was a honestly a very weird match. It wasn't even really a match. They never rung the bell. Well, there was exactly there was a funny spot at the beginning of Raw as well, where Kurt Angle had, I believe it was the Bar and the Miz backstage with Braun Strowman, and he they were saying, "No, it was the it was the men's team. He had the men's team backstage." And well, he Braun- was saying, "Well, tonight we need to prove without a doubt that you deserve your place." On it was Jason Jordan, and it was Jason Jordan. It was Finn Balor with Samoa Joe. He was telling Finn and Samoa right. to get along, and that they're going to have a tag right. team match at a certain point in the night. Um, and when he went over to Braun, he was he started to say something he was like, "I want Kane." Yeah. And he's like, no, but I just, I want Kane. So fine. Okay. You get Kane. And I was just like, okay, we're finally going to see this now. And okay. It was clash of the Titans for about 10 seconds. And then Braun just kind of killed him. Yeah. I expected. I, but it was weird. Kane fought back a little bit. Braun was definitely dominant, but it wasn't, it was just kind of awkward and weird and, and strangely paced. And then they got back in the ring and, uh, you know, they teased a couple of spots but then they got back in the ring and Braun power slams Kane and randomly just goes right through the ring. Like, and I personally, this is, this is for me. I can't stand the through the ring spots. I love, I love the ring collapsing spot that they've done a few times now, like yeah. notably with most recently with Braun and big show and also right. with Brock and big show and so on and so forth. I, I dig that spot. It's fun. It's visually impressive. It's a little more believable than a hole opens up in the ring and they fall through and then the camera gets the bad shot and sees the foam board on the side of the... Yeah, I didn't like this at all, especially because they never came back. They fell through and the show immediately went out. Well, it did. Boom. It just hung there for about 30 to, 30 to 60 seconds of just looking at the, the hole in the ring and the ref and the commentators in the background. And I was like, oh, are we going to see fire shoot up like Kane triple? No, because we so, don't like fire a hand, a hand going to claw Something. its way out? No, nothing. And then Braun just miraculously, miraculously appears next night on SmackDown Live, and right. he's fine. Uh, yeah, I hated that. I thought it was I thought it was dumb, and I I don't think it's an end to the Braun Kane feud either because they haven't had a blow off match because they still haven't had a match. Yeah, the bell, a match. like you said, the bell never rang. This wasn't a an, an official match. We never got an outcome out of it. And after all the bill they've had for it, you know, I I can't imagine they're just going to let it go like that if that was just another one of those four week feuds that they had going on they're like okay we're done with that we're moving on and then something else is going to happen after survivor series it has to because otherwise what's the point of bringing kane back that's right that's my point is this has to continue if it doesn't you just had finn balor put over kane for no freaking reason uh so yeah this this was dumb and it's kind of a time fill i felt uh something else that that i thought was a, a bit of a time fill but was not dumb 
was uh, Finn Balor and Samoa Joe versus the club. We mentioned that earlier. They were talking to Kurt, and Kurt said, I need you two on the same page. I know you all want to kill each other, but I need you to prove you're on the same page. Go out there and kick the crap out of the club, which they did. Yes. Kick the crap out of him. Samoa Joe immediately leaves, doesn't even wait to take the, uh, the celebration. So him and Finn are showing that they still have tension, but they can work together. And can I quickly point out real quick here, Samoa Joe looks incredible right now yeah he does the dude is so fast he is he is right back to being full speed he's not sweating as much he doesn't seem like he's working as hard like he his rehab his two-month rehab has done wonders for him that guy is in animalistic shape i can't wait to see what he does after survivor series because uh that would Mm -hmm. be cool dude Mm -hmm. braun versus versus, oh man braun Mm -hmm. versus samoa Ooh, except for the fact that Samoa wouldn't win that feud. I want Samoa to win a feud because he, you know, he's he's on the verge of being really big with a more casual audience yes. who don't really know him that well. They're like, well, he's pretty cool, but we'll wait and see. I can get that feeling about it where they're like, I like him, but I, you know, I'm not sure yet. The funny thing is, the X factor continues to be Brock Lesnar, and and it, it in a way it's gotten to a point where it started to hold the rest of the top of the card down to an extent. If you remove Brock Lesnar from the picture. All of those guys now start to to vie for that championship, and it becomes a lot more interesting to me. And I think people would get more invested. But until Paul Heyman stops showing up to put Brock Lesnar over, it's not going to change. But it's not even that. We obviously had the Paul promo this week, uh, which which we'll get into actually when it, as it comes to another promo over on SmackDown. But the issue really is here that no one is allowed to beat Brock at this point. And again, we'll talk about that with his match with AJ coming up. Yep. But I, I almost at this point just want to get to WrestleMania, let Roman beat him, take the title, and then we can frickin' move on and have a top of the card that's actually a little bit porous. And we can have the title be on the show on a regular basis, and there's not this monolith standing in the way of the upper card that's always going to be the person that is pushing those guys down. You know what I mean? Like people that are competitive with Roman Reigns as opposed to Brock Lesnar, who makes everyone not look, even the most competitive person against him eventually looks like a a joke when Brock gets tired and decides he wants to F5 them and the match is done. Uh, I'll uh, my callback to the Braun Strowman match last week when I was talking about that and just making fun of Brock getting. That's the one you're never going to forgive him for. You were fine with him before. Yeah, you were fine with him before that. So one other one other match we have to talk about on this show was another tag match, a cruiserweight tag match between Enzo Amore, Drew Gulak against uh, Kalisto and Akira Tozawa. This was fun. Enzo and Drew Gulak are just so entertaining together. Uh, as as Tozawa is entertaining too, and he's trying to get something out of Kalisto, who's just uh, he's about as charismatic as a as a wet sock. Well, I mean, over on two hundred five live, not to go too far down the rabbit hole, but we did have the Kalisto celebration, birthday celebration, whatever it was. Uh, you maybe I didn't celebrate his right, birthday. There was a it. fun thing with Enzo and Drew Gulak with a birthday cake backstage or a celebration cake. Was it his birthday? Is that what they? His were? birthday, yeah. yeah. So that was a fun spot. He turned 12. Won't spoil anything. Definitely go check out 205 Live because that was a lot of fun. But does this did this tag match indicate anything that we might see either on the pre-show or the kickoff uh, this Sunday at Survivor Series? Well, yeah, I think we're going to be assuming that the Cruiserweight match will be the kickoff show again. But uh, either that or the, like the, or the second to last match. <laughs> well, it's going to be... They're gonna have to arm wrestle for it, or maybe, or maybe as Enzo and Drew Gulak did in this match, they'll Rochambeau for it. Right. But uh, yeah, no, I think this is indicative of something. For instance, Enzo once again sneaks away with a tricky victory kind of thing. 
the fact that you know you always you can kind of say well if they go over before the big show it might be an indicator that they're going to lose at the big show in Enzo's case it's hard to say because he is he's the trickeration champ you know he's always finding some tricky way to win I wouldn't be surprised if Drew Gulak got got involved somehow because they're apparently liking Drew a lot and his whole angle with the signs and with the for the PowerPoint presentation that's getting over backstage apparently too, because he's getting a lot of time Good, and his association with Enzo is, is definitely working. So you think he turns on Enzo at some point and challenges him for the uh, title? Not in the near future, man. Do you see the way he was running out after him uh, before this match? Enzo comes running out and Gulak's right behind him like a little dog. Like, <laughs> I finally have a friend. Hooray. <laughs> okay. Well, that's all we had for Monday night raw. Let's head over and find out what went down on SmackDown live. Finally, finally, after all this time speculating on when they were going to do it, Raw finally invaded SmackDown. Now, was it was this too late? Was it did they wait too long to do this, or did it did it serve the story well? The best part of this was that at the beginning of SmackDown Live, they announced that we were going to have a tag match between the New Day and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Right. And we both got really excited at the beginning of SmackDown because we were scared last week after Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn got kicked off the European tour that, <laughs> yeah. oh, shit, what happened? Like, we don't know. Are they going to show? And here they were. Okay, cool. All right, everything's fine. And then in the back of my head, I'm going, wait, what purpose does this serve? Like what? And then I went, ah, okay. What match got booked last night on Raw? Officially. Finally. Officially. Uh, so... Even that, though we spec we speculated on it last week, right? So I was ninety eight percent sure that that was going to be the trigger match that was going to trigger the cue the invasion, cue the right? invasion, and of course that's kind of exactly what we got. Um, the we, shield comes out and they're like, "You, we New Day, we got you at Survivor Series. Guess what? It's Raw time." Yes. So they come down, they do the shield thing, surround the ring, and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn look at each other and roll out of the ring uh. and they abandon the New Day again. Again, and the New Day just gets whooped up by the shield. And yes. then Raw, the Raw guys start coming out in waves. Shane leads the charge down. Everyone on SmackDown gets the crap kicked out of them. It was, there's two, I'm of two minds about it because I still feel like it, it, it just, it's an uncomfortable, like, gang mentality. Like, it's, it's, it's so heelish looking. You know what I mean? Like, the women were backstage and the women's, like, they, they jumped. The Raw woman jumped the SmackDown woman in the women's locker room, and you had like you know like Bailey and Sasha Banks beating the crap out of like Charlotte and stuff like that. And it was just weird. I'm like, what? That doesn't make sense. That's just kind of uncomfortable. And and you know how vicious they all were when they were beating each other down. And like I understand that you're doing this for quote unquote brand supremacy but it's like i wanted there to be there needs to for this kind of viciousness to make sense there should be more on the line for this shouldn't there like there should be more of a of, of a caveat like well if your team loses then something happens if your team wins you get something like you're the uh you know if the the, the, the top five or the team that that wins gets like say they make, make extra money or say they they get a, a special place in a match in a later pay-per-view i don't sure. know something something more that they're fighting for other than we're the better brand well isn't this the nature of survivor series though and just this time of year where it's like the one time out of every year where we get to break kayfabe a little bit and it's all it's more hashtag one team kind of mentality than it is continued storylines mm, but the like best that. survivor series were always the ones where there was some reason that the t- like like I still remember the one the one remember the uh, I think it was 
four years ago, three years ago, where Dolph Ziggler was like the last guy standing against the authority. Yeah. And if he lost, everyone on his team got fired from the company. Yeah. There were stakes. Was, there was stakes. There was big stakes. And they were going up against monsters on the authority team. You yep. know, you had Kane over there. So it was that stuff that that works more for me than just having both sides, heels and faces, working together to beat the crap out of their some of the some of which are their friends on the other brand. You know what I mean? Like and and Kurt here came out and he looked particularly vicious because he was grabbing Shane by the face and he was telling the shield to to power bomb him multiple times and really angrily doing it and everything felt really just extra vicious and extra angry and it was you know it was one of those things where I, I just couldn't help but think kind of outside of the story they were feeding me outside of the, the kayfabe I'm like if I was one of these guys in a company where it was a I was in a sports company where I was a combat company and my friend came across from the other brand and beat me down in this way, I would be out for their blood. Mm. I, I would never forgive them. This wouldn't be something like in two months, I'm like, cool, well, we're fighting together tonight. Hey, go us. I'd be like, no, man, I remember that shit. I remember you fucking put me over. You you dropped me for your brand that one night and you were you broke my nose or whatever it was. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's, it's weird. It's ticky tack. I'm getting hung up on it. But again, this beatdown segment, like the SmackDown beatdown segment earlier this month, was just so vicious yeah. that it, it felt heelish. I give it a pass because, like I said, it is the one time of year where we have to just kind of let go and run with it that there are going to be these kinds of things. I, I'm with you that the stories of inner conflicts within the team, and that's why I got excited when they started pitting Joe and Finn Balor against each other because now we've got some drama. Storyline right? within the teams. Within yeah. the, each of the teams. There so, is none of that, by the way, within the SmackDown team. They're all on the same page. Of course. So <laughs> They're the it is a little bit. It is a little bit unique this year where you've got um, it's, these invasions going on, and it's, it feels bigger than the, any of the individuals on the team or the drama that's going on within the teams. Sure, and as I said earlier, like the spectacle of having the teams invading you know is very it re reminds me of the attitude era where it's these crazy moments and there's chaos and there's people you never thought you'd see tussling tussling uh and it's a lot of fun it's just when i stop and think about it and that's my problem is i stop and think about wrestling which I, you should never <laughs> ever do unless you have a podcast but you should why, do it every week which is the problem it makes me it makes me think but here's the thing while i was thinking i was thinking about how hard they beat down shane mcmahon now, this would be a really easy thing to explain away. Oh, it's just a couple of power bombs and an angle slam. He'll be fine on Sunday, blah, blah, blah. Right. But it was such a focused beatdown on Shane that it made me wonder if they're going to play up that he's injured. Uh, and there's an online rumor going on right now that they may replace him with somebody, considering all the replacements that have been mm. going on recently. Now, who could that be? Well, of course, the popular one that everyone is is saying would be the replacement would be Daniel Bryan, mm. who we know is not medically cleared to wrestle in the WWE. So we can pretty much put that rumor to rest, except for the fact that Daniel was on a radio show this week and said there's a 20% chance that WWE will let him wrestle again. Okay, based on what? I don't know. He pulled Where's it up. It's a number he pulled out of his Vegas ass. Odds? And who knows? <laughs> I mean, he could, he could also be working us too. Like this, again, we're back into the, the wrestling rabbit hole of getting worked. Who knows? KO and Sammy, I'm going to admit it. We got worked. 
because they did the the same exact thing to New Day this week, and I feel like that was last week. The European tour thing was a setup to kind of set this stuff up. What happened with the invasion? Tonight. Maybe, or they're doing a little callback to it, and there were some hurt feelings, and now we're all good. Who know? Who will never know? We'll probably never know right. what the real thing was there. And again, the only reason I bring up the Shane Daniel Bryan thing is because it's something I saw online. It's something I was thinking about, and it would be really cool, but let's face it. I think we've seen all the chaos they're going to throw at us for these matches. Well, we've only got like four or five more days, so we started at the end. Let's go back and start at the top of the, what happened on the show. Uh, we had Baron Corbin and Sin Cara in a United States title match. And this was one that last week we were saying we weren't sure. We thought Sin Cara might actually pull this off yeah. because it's just weird to have Baron Corbin versus The Miz. These are two guys that everyone hates. Who is anyone going to root for in this match? What are they going to do to this match to make the audience give a crap? I think they'll root for both of them whenever they get their spots in. So Miz will hit us finale or some kind of th- dirty thing. But it's still going to be a cold match. It's going to be very cold. I will be interested to see where they actually put this on the card in the in the time frame of things to see where it lines up. Well, like, I'm like almost said, thinking it's going to be an opening match. Either the pre-show or the second to last match. I mean, that's, Miz on the pre-show again. That again, would be perfect. The, it, the Just inter- continue that story uh, and that trope. I love it. Whatever. As long as he's got the Intercontinental title and he's building up those days because he's getting close to being the number one guy of all time. So that's... I'm fine with that. I mean, here's the thing. I think that people will default to root for Miz because he's yeah. at least an enjoyable heel. Whereas Baron Corbin is just so difficult. He's an incorrigible heel. Yeah, he's he's just, you hate him, and he's great at his job. I give him all the props. Like, he's doing the right thing at being a heel that you hate, but he's not a heel that in any way you can enjoy at this point. Well, let's move over and talk about the, we had a singles match between two of the tag teams that are going, that are kind of top of the tag division right now on SmackDown. Uh, the Usos, uh, Jimmy from the Usos faced off against Chad Gable from American Alpha version two as the Usos are now start officially stolen the name from us, right? Officially starting to, to call them. Right. This was a, I think this was a, a callback to last week where Chad chop blocked Jimmy outside the ring and messed up his leg. Yeah. Uh, this they were calling back to that. I think they were just trying to prove to us one more time. Speaking of heels, I think they're trying to prove to us that American alpha 2.0 are officially heel now. And the Usos are turning face. I don't know at what point they officially started started turning face. Like the crowd started turning the fa- the Usos face a while back during their New Day feud, even though they were the heels in that feud. Well, I, I doubted when you called the double turn. La- I believe it was last week. Last week, and, I, and now that I'm seeing the shows this week, I'm like, damn, he's right because you had Jimmy in the corner doing the old Ouse. Oh, calling thing, the audience, right? Yeah. Uh, Oh shit! Okay, and you got Chad Gable doing chop blocks out on the outside the ring and and Healy shit and that carried and, over this week. And even the commentary we're putting over that Chad Gable has caught onto this new thing you know, from his new partner. That do whatever you can to win. They only say that about heels, right? So they're definitely double turning these teams. Um, the users are now playing to the crowd more. They're they're being they're, they've been entertaining, and this is why they kind of like AJ Styles when he was a heel. They just couldn't keep him heel. Yeah. The crowd wanted to cheer them. They wanted to have him face. So yeah, it's an interesting. And also, here's the thing: the bar, as we said last week, they are heels. Absolutely. So if, you ha- if you get the Usos, you can bring them back. You can pull the Usos back into heel territory if you need to, real quick. If you need to face them up for the Survivor Series match against the Bar, it takes two weeks. You put them against American Alpha and have them have American Alpha be Healy against them. Boom! There you go. If you got face Usos. That's what you got. Well, at the very opening of the show, 
we opened up with Daniel Bryan coming out to basically introduce the new WWE champion, AJ Styles, bring him out, and address, as AJ's new advocate, some of the things that were said the night before by Paul Heyman about Brock Lesnar and his opponent, AJ Styles, being this underdog, this penultimate underdog that was never going to beat Brock Lesnar. And there was even a funny spot in Raw where somebody proposed in the audience on Monday Night Raw, and the audience started chanting, she said yes. And Paul Heyman yells out, the only reason she said yes is because she hasn't met Brock Lesnar. Yeah, yeah, she hasn't been in the ring with a beast like Brock Lesnar. <laughs> okay. So okay, the, the funny part of this whole bit was Daniel Bryan threw some shade. Like, I haven't heard good shade thrown like this in a promo in a long time. But he did it, and then AJ well, picked up and started doing it too. I haven't heard shade like this ever since John Cena and Roman Reigns tried to get all, you know breaking kayfabe in their feud. This is all this was was so Daniel Bryan was talking about how Brock Lesnar doesn't have matches longer than ten minutes, how he tapped out to a weak leg lock in in UFC. He brought up some real stuff, yep. right? Same from the same playbook, same fourth wall, same shit, right? fourth wall breaking playbook that you saw from the other stuff. It's just it's a little extra spice on this. You know, it was just basically a promo off between Daniel Bryan and Paul Heyman, which, if, uh, frankly, if you told me yesterday there's going to be a promo off between Daniel Bryan and Paul Heyman, I would have said Daniel Bryan was going to get murdered. Yeah. Frankly, I'd say Daniel Bryan got the better of this one. I agree. I think he had the... And probably from going second and from t stealing a lot of Paul Heyman's tropes right. and throwing them back at him. But nevertheless, he did a really good job at it. He put AJ over really hard and it made you excited about seeing this match, which, let's face it, you don't have to sell us this match. We want to see this match. You don't have to try that hard. And they, they tried hard, and they were entertaining and doing it, but you didn't, you didn't have to do that. But we get it. But let's be clear. This is all predetermined. Uh, we do, we, we, it I is? Mean, well, Paul and Brock and Vince know. It's still real to me. <laughs> this, this is choreographed entertainment, as Ric Flair put it. It's not fake, uh, which is fantastic. But uh, my fear, he's, he's beaten Joe... And Roman and you know Braun. Braun. Don't forget your boy Braun. I know you want to forget about it, but can't forget about and it. And how he beat Braun was horseshit, and oh, we all know it. All right, because he got tired. All and right, Daniel down. Bryan. Okay, the bottom line is, is that that he's going to go up against AJ Styles, and AJ Styles is the small, fast guy. And and the question is going to be again, as it always has become with Brock's matches these days, will he go over ten minutes? Will he come bring an F5 out of nowhere and win the match as he has done? How many or, shades of red is he going to turn? Sure. Or is he going to bust open AJ like the way he did Randy Orton? You know, that's... Or is this actually going to be a competitive match where Brock actually is going up against one of the most talented wrestlers in the world today and is like, takes it as a challenge like, hey, let's make a good match out of this. I, I don't think he will. That's no. just my speculation, but it would be nice if he did. Well, last but certainly not least, we have to throw in that there was a Bludgeon Brothers segment. We had to mention that? that that's did all. We, did we have to? Apparently, well, they're going to show up next week, finally. We don't have to watch those shitty promos in the woods anymore. And that's really all we got to say about that. I mean, here's the thing. Could they pull this back from the brink, the Bludgeon Brothers thing? Possibly. I mean, really? You think Possibly. so? Ugh, I, 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 I am so... It's pretty DOA I'm dreading, dreading this, this. Yeah. I'm dreading it. There is a way they could bring it back. They're both talented guys, Harper especially. But I, frankly, this the whole how gimmicky this thing is is just awful. Unless they really play them off of the silliness of the fashion files of Brizango, I don't see a way of this getting over in any kind of lasting way. 
Now, we have to get to the really important stuff, and that is discussing Survivor Series itself. So let's go over and talk about the Survivor Series matches. Well, the first match that we have on our card, whether where it appears on the actual card, we won't know until later this week. But Enzo versus Kalisto for the Cruiserweight Championship. Who you got? I'm going to say Enzo retains. I'm going to say he does some sort of trickeration, and once again, Kalisto falls short. That seems to be the way that they're booking the champs in the Cruiserweight division. I mean, they've had a little bit of like back and forth when Neville left and a little bit of chaos there. I think Enzo will hold on to it for a while, and people will be chasing him for a while. I don't know if Kalisto's going to get it back this soon. I think Kalisto was an experiment that obviously did not go over well and they put that title back on Enzo as fast as they possibly could and there's no way uh, that they're going to I think this will be the blow off. I think this is going to be done after this. Enzo's that absolutely going to retain without question. There and Kalisto oh, wow. just needs to not Careful, you're, you're saying anymore. absolutely? Absolutely not. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Maybe I'm going to change my pick now. <laughs> <laughs> we, know, we know our history with making absolutes on this show. Speaking of absolutes, I think that this next match we have to talk about is going to be uh, absolutely the, the probably the snooze of the night, and that's The Miz versus Baron Corbin. Who do you have here? I don't know. I think this could surprise us. I'm, I really from, an, from a sports entertainment perspective, maybe not an in-ring Matt Wrestling perspective, I think this one could surprise us. I'm gonna. I do want to put. I'm gonna give you like a plus or minus point five on if it's actually a, an entertaining match. Oh come on, you can't do that. <laughs> uh, I think Miz is gonna win this because they need to continue to put Miz over. I could see a swerve to an extent to try and get Baron a little bit more over. He's been coming down a little bit for a while, but I I don't see a, a point. It's Miz for me. In this so I, I think it's Corbin. I think that the reason is is because Corbin has been built as a stronger wrestler and Miz can lose and it's not going to harm him at all because Miz loses all the freaking time. The only thing that the only wild card is the Miz Taraj if they interfere and cost Baron Corbin, but that's that would be a very face uh, that would like, give Baron Corbin like a face feel if he loses in that way. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do that at all. I think Baron Corbin is absolutely going to take this, look like more of a monster, look like a guy who can capitalize on situations because they spent so much time kind of taking that away from him. Yeah. They need to give him more shine again. I, so I think I think that's what they're what they're going to do here. I'm going to go with Corbin. Uh, the next match we're going to talk about, the New Day versus the Shield. What do you think is happening here? Uh, I'll keep it short and sweet. Shield. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with you on that. I don't really see any way that New Day is uh, is not beating the Reunited Shield with three of the most pushed guys in the company right now, especially with Roman Reigns in it. They've, they're going to be giving Roman all the wins until the Shield breaks up or doesn't break up and Roman just goes solo after Brock Lesnar and they just kind of quietly fade away, which is yeah. what I think they'll do with the Shield is just quietly fade it away. I could see a point where they turn it... I mean, they're too good of wrestlers to to do this, but could they turn it into a similar squad or an entourage of sorts with Rollins and and Ambrose in his corner supporting uh, uh, Reigns with some kind of heel turn that could come in the works? Well, here's the thing. This is why they they won't do that. They won't do that because they want Roman to look strong by himself. Sure. Ultimately. What I hope they do, and this is, of course, speculation, just as just me blowing air up my own ass, is, is that at WrestleMania, as we know, the plan is Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Roman wins. He's the first guy to beat the beast, yada, yada, yada. That's been the plan for a while. If you can't see it coming, then you're blind. 
Uh, it would be awesome if they swerve us all and that doesn't happen. But let's face it, I, that doesn't look like it's going to be the case. I don't think it's going to take that long. Here's the thing. You, don't, you think they're going to do that before WrestleMania? Well, I, that is a WrestleMania I've, match. I've been calling Reigns to drop the belt to Cena for at WrestleMania for his 17th. That might be the next year after that. Maybe. I, mean, I, I think, it'll, I think and they'll here's, do that sooner. And here's why. I think it would be a really good booking decision to finally have Reigns go heel after beating Brock for the belt. Let me be well. I'll be clear. Let, I I don't think Lesnar's going to be the one to do any of this stuff. I don't think Lesnar holds onto the belt till WrestleMania. You don't think Lesnar holds onto the belt to WrestleMania? Nope. With not with Trips coming back, not with Reigns finally kind of getting over, not with the push they're giving Braun. I think there's too much other stuff going on to leave that uh, six more months of Brock Lesnar as the Universal Champion. No way. No way in hell. I don't think so. I, I will, I'll put money on that. We'll get. We'll come back to that another time, sure. and we'll we'll do a little money bet on that on the side. <laughs> little, you are going to Vegas. Maybe little, I'll go to yeah, Vegas well, with you. little long, little long term, uh, little long term side bet for the listeners, and we can keep track. Yes. Uh, so the next match we got to talk about the Usos versus the Bar. What do you think's happening here? This is a fun, fun match. This has all kinds of potential to be match of the night. Uh, I am. Mm, I'm I'm going Usos because I'm they're really over with me right now. I think the turn that's happening will only be accented by a victory uh, over the bar. So that's why I'm picking the Usos to win this. They're on a roll right now, and I don't see that train stopping anytime soon. Frankly, I think you make a good point with the fact that that would cement their face turn turn to to beat the bar. That being said, just to be contrarian and just because you've been singing their entrance song all night and it's driving me nuts, I'm not going to pick the Usos. I'm going to pick the bar. You're not uh, down with day one-ish? I am certainly not down with day one-ish. I am more down with uh, a bar as a bartender myself. I'm much more into bars, so I'm going to take the bar. Bar wins this one. One to nothing. Uh, all right, let's head over and talk about the women's Alexa Bliss facing off versus now Charlotte after tonight. Uh, who do you got in this one? I th- I think this is just Charlotte all day long. I don't think that Alexa Bliss. I, uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually going over into my head like I hadn't really thought it through before we discussed it because it, Charlotte. I just saw Charlotte win like half an hour ago. So right. I have to rethink everything. Uh, so I don't know, man. I think that. I, I'm going to pick Charlotte here because I think they're going to finally give her that stamp as the number one chick in the company. Um, I think that Alexa has made a case to be the strong number two, but I think having Alexa go over Charlotte would just derail any kind of momentum and weight that Charlotte has. There's that M word again. I know. I, Michael Cole has gotten into my head with that word. It drives me insane. <laughs> well, Corey's starting to use it now too. They're well, they're all, all they're they're all fine. They're all following each other's. Uh, catchphrases now they're all starting to say it's all about the blah 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 they're all starting to do that now I'm going to be contrarian on you and say Alexa Bliss wins just because I think this is a coin flip match I have no idea you've got a six foot plus Amazon naturally talented wrestler versus a very athletic five foot nothing Alexa Bliss I don't it might even be hard to get her into the figure eight so I don't know how Alexa Bliss performs against someone of the size and stature uh, an ability of Charlotte, but we've seen in recent months Alexa Bliss have an athletic and in-ring ability that I hadn't previously seen. So I'm going to pick Alexa Bliss just to be kind of contrarian because this is a coin flip for me. I really don't have a way, a thought process. Like you said, she just wants. It's a really back. tough one to, to figure out, and, and, and it without, could, it could without, go either way. Without a couple of weeks of kind of 
theory crafting and and seeing what happens in development in the stories and everything, it, it's hard to pick at this point. So I'll, I'll I'll stick with Bliss. All right. Well, sticking with the women's matches, let's talk about the women's five way traditional Survivor Series elimination match. On the Raw side, we have Sasha Banks, Nia Jax, Alicia Fox, Oscar, and Bailey, and they're fa- facing the SmackDown team of Natalia, Carmella, Becky Lynch, Naomi, and Tamina. Which team you got here? Uh, Again, Natalia getting thrown into this is a little bit of an X factor. I was leaning towards SmackDown when you had Charlotte on that team with Becky and and Naomi and Carmella. Now I'm looking at this with Bayley and Asuka and Sasha Banks and the the, the X factor of Nia Jax um, being on there. I'm picking Team Raw. I think Charlotte leaving Team SmackDown undid their chances to win. And I'm going to go with um, with Team Raw. Yeah, and I, you know what? Here's the thing. I'm actually going to have to agree with you. Uh, as much as I want to make this more of an interesting pick session here, I'm going to have to agree with you. And there's one reason I have to agree with you, and that's Asuka. It's an elimination match. If she gets pinned, then that's going to throw all kinds of stuff out the window. I don't see anyone p- pinning Asuka. In fact, I see her being the reason that Raw dominates. Mm. So... I, she's. I mean, in a sense, she's like the little angry Braun Strowman of the women's division. It, well, imagine like, what if they do did do something with her? her, like they did with Ziggler a few years ago, like we brought it before, where she's the one that, like, Raw goes down to like two women left, and one of them's Oscar, and she just knocks wipes out, the floor, wipes the floor with the rest of the team. That right. could be an interesting booking of that match. Well, and I think that's that's a possibility as well, given given how many different people they have here. Also, just on paper, the SmackDown team doesn't look as strong no. beyond Becky Lynch. No one else looks that strong on Team SmackDown, and I think they may do something where Natalia screws the SmackDown team as well to give them that extra, you know, so they don't really lose clean. So it helps Becky not look like you know a loser as team captain. So I think that might be the case, but definitely picking Raw on this one. That being said, there's also the men's five way elimination match. Who do you have for this one? Uh, I'm looking at the rosters here, and I'm really excited about what Team SmackDown is bringing to the table here. Uh, yeah, you got put, Shane. Putting John Shane Cena. aside for a second, uh, John Cena is, is the wild card there. Um, Bobby Roode, Nakamura, and Randy Orton are kind of three stalwarts of, of in-ring performance, but that's not to be outdone by Kurt Angle, Triple H, Finn Ballard, Samoa Joe, and Braun Strowman. I mean, this is one of those that I have no idea, no idea what to expect out of either of these matches other than chaos and carnage, but I can't not pick Team Raw because of Braun Strowman. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, you have to mark. Pick have you to pick it. Freaking Mark, you should change your name it's to Mark. It's not just Braun, though. The, the the swerve of Triple H joining the team is very indicative to me of, of something, and I don't know what that something is. I think we'll find out Sunday. But him and Braun Strowman and Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe. I'm sorry, I'm not concerned. And Finn with- Balor. Yeah, no one goes over Triple H unless it's WrestleMania. That's sure. one thing that we know. But uh, well, at least has been in the past. Who knows? He may one day turn over a new sledgehammer. We don't know. But the, the point here is that that I'm going to call back to something you said earlier is there's so many storylines coming into this match on the different teams. There's so many other ways it could go. We haven't even talked about Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and their role at Survivor Series. Which is non-existent at the moment. At the moment. That doesn't mean they won't get involved somehow. Perhaps mm. to screw over Shane. 
So I, I think that they may play a part in this Survivor Series match. Is that something you want to put a point five on? You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb okay. because I, I love me some Kevin Owens. I love me some Sami Zayn, and I want to see him get some screen time. I'll go in and the with only you and way say it won't happen. Let's say it won't happen. Yeah. All right. So we're, I'm saying that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens do some sort of shenaniganry to cost Team SmackDown the victory, okay. uh, or at least they attempt to. They attempt to. That's fair. Uh, or they may they may come in and save Team SmackDown actually, and uh, and help uh, help them so win. So what do you want the point five to be on? That they're coming out. Oh, uh, they're they're gonna uh, appear. They're going in to some in, way be involved in this match in some way. But I'm going to also just to, also just kind of to be contrarian. I'm gonna take SmackDown live. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Hmm. This is getting more and more interesting as we get later down the card. Well, finally, and last but certainly not least, with the WWE Championship changing hands last week, we now have the final match, what will most likely be called the main event, Brock Lesnar facing off against the phenomenal AJ Styles. You think this will be the last match of the night? I think this is going to be... I think this will be second to last. mid... Middle of the road with the five-way eliminations being last. Uh, I think this will be last. I actually do think it'll be last the more I think about it. But here's the thing. Do you think that Brock's losing? No, <laughs> not not yet, not yet. But and, you know what? AJ's going to give him a hell of a match until he runs out of gas. We, okay, you there, know what I mean? thank you for putting that caveat in there. I yeah. was going to say we have said that so and so is going to give a Brock a hell of a match the last five six times that Brock has had a match. This is this is going to be no different. AJ's going to come out. It'll be entertaining for five to seven minutes, and then it'll be over. <laughs> Hooray! And frankly, I'm just going to say this right now. If that's what happens, I will officially 100% be over the Brock Lesnar reign. Yes. I'm already pretty much over it. Yep. That will be the final shovel of dirt onto the Brock Lesnar reign for me. Let it end if that's the case, or just stop having him defend because there is no one else believably that could take him out. And that's exactly why there's no way in hell he's holding on to that championship for six more months until we get to WrestleMania. Mm. Somebody else is going to end up with that title. I think they will find a freaking way to keep it on him. Mm. I, I hope not. Sad to say. Well, there's our picks for Survivor Series, guys. Uh, we want to hear what you guys think as well. Hit us up on Twitter at BWO Podcast or come over and hang out in the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook and let us know what your picks are going to be. We're going to be discussing all of that stuff all week as we head towards Survivor Series. But before we get out of here, we've also got another pay-per-view happening A the day before. A pay-per-view! <laughs> before Survivor Series on Sunday, which means we need to head over and talk about NXT TakeOver Houston War Games. NXT TakeOver Houston War Games. Did you make sure you got all the words in I, there, Nick? I, I think I did. You got every single one of them? There but wasn't it, like... I didn't take time to put, as commentary, put it over as, we haven't seen this in 20 years! That's all we've heard all week, the last two weeks, right? Hey, it's it's better than, it's the only night of the year where the two brands get to face each other in... Con uh, uh, these were the only things that actually got really, besides Triple H, got put over this week, was the fact that Survivor Series is happening, we've got war games going on again after 20 years, and you should go buy a WWE Network subscription. That's yep. all I heard all this week. That's Hey, but you know what? That's not all you heard this week, because you and I... Just went and saw NXT in Riverside. We yes. just saw one of their live house shows, and it was awesome. It was fantastic. It was a blast. It was tons of fun. We actually saw a lot of surprising stuff. We saw a few of the matches they're going to have at TakeOver 
get I don't know what you'd call it a rehearsal or they got a, they worked it at this house show a little yeah. bit but there were some matches including the women's four way where we may have just seen the actual match and it was pretty I entertaining hope I hope not I well if if that was the match that we see on the card it would actually be pretty good I, I to be honest with you I thought the match we saw was pretty good yeah well absolutely that one was but we started it off with uh, Tito Sabatelli and Riddick Moss coming out to face the Street Profits who you have not been very big on but I think they might have gotten over on you finally they are really entertaining live they're lots of fun I hate every word that's coming out of my mouth but it's true the Street Profits are legit they are so entertaining live. But I've, I'm going to throw a little more love over to Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss. Riddick Moss is big and burly and he's great and live. But my God, Tino Sabatelli is just a born, bred, just chiseled from rock heel. It's him and Cesar Bononi, in my opinion. I mean, those two guys are like Adonis's of, uh, of wrestling but right Tino's now. But Tino's got that extra little something that you just hate him. That crowd hated him he didn't have to do anything and they were just chanting about how much they hated him and how he still sucked like they just he, they loathed him he gets that just great natural heel reaction without even trying definitely keep an eye on him as far as a heel run later on down the road we also saw uh billy k come out and face off against vanessa Bourne. now i vanessa Bourne keeps getting matches and this is interesting to me i do i can't imagine why uh, I, Billy Kay is at a point now where she should be working with other, sorry, Vanessa, more talented uh, in-ring performers at this point. Vanessa Bourne just reminds me of a less, le- like with a, a not as good of a look with less talent than Dana Brooke. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's it's, fair. It's just, she it doesn't do it for me at all. Uh, she's, she's sloppy. She's a little slow on some moves. She's got no, no, uh, crispness to a lot of her moves. She's a couple of athletic moves that she can pull off that are somewhat impressive, but they don't lead to anything. And this was basically just Billy Kay, who is talented and can work a match. This was her carrying Vanessa Bourne. Well, I'll tell you what, somebody that is, would be impossible to carry would be Otis dozer from heavy machinery because they were next we got to see the heavy machinery boys come out and face off against wesley blake and steve cutler wesley who are these blake. guys yeah wesley you don't remember wesley blake one of the dubstep cowboys as i like to call him no no With, no. Uh, well okay so back in the he was in he was a tag champ back in the day okay remember uh, buddy murphy blake and murphy no. with alexa bliss I don't remember them. Yeah, he was a tag champ. I don't okay. know where Buddy Murphy is now. I haven't kept track. But yeah, Wesley Blake has been around for a while. He's been repackaged, apparently, with Steve Cutler. They have kind of like a road biker cowboy thing going on. They like to say the word garbage a lot. They're trying to get garbage over. Yeah. Eh, Reminded me of a little bit of Gallows and Anderson's shtick a little bit. Yeah, only not quite as effective yet. They need a little bit more work, and maybe they can get somewhere. I don't know. All I know is they played perfect heel foils to heavy machinery who just tore the house down. Those yes. guys get it. This was a very entertaining, almost comedy match, I would say. Yeah, it they, was. They had a lot of fun. This was a really fun match. My God, heavy machinery entertaining in person. Otis is going to be a star. I, I, I keep saying this every week. That guy duck walking around to just... It's it's a Matt Fol- or a My name is Matt Foley. It's SNL, Chris Farley guy. That's who he reminds me of when he's doing that duck walk thing, right? Hilarious. I It is absolutely a comedy comedy match. The, and they do a great spot where they do their finisher, where they jump, or where um, Tucker jumps on top of Otis and they do that slam. 
Wonderful. These guys, are the, the sky's the limit for these guys as far as I'm concerned. Well, while Dozer is busy living in his van down by the river, uh, we also had a match from Lars Sullivan and Cassius Ono, oh. which is probably going to be a preview of the match we're seeing at TakeOver this coming weekend. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, you, you okay poor, with her, Nick? Cassius. <laughs> oh, man. This was I hard thought, hitting. I thought Lars Sullivan was big on TV. This man in person, I, I I have said it before on this show, I cannot wait until we see Lars Sullivan versus Braun Strowman because that is going to, buildings are going to collapse. And when the that problem match is, is Lars is not that he's not going to be that big next to Braun Strowman. That's just how big Braun is. <sighs> I remember seeing Lars for the first time in an NXT event at WrestleMania. I think it was thirty one, and I remember him walking out. And we didn't, I'd never seen him before. Right. You know, he was still in developmental at that point, and he walked out, and I was there with my friends, and we all looked at him and went. That guy, that guy is going to be something because his look is just so unique and he's so freakishly big. Uh, yeah, this is this is a great match. Everyone's going to be very entertained by this match. Come take over because it's just it's just two big dudes beating the piss out of each other. And the fact that they're both also extremely athletic, especially in the case of Cassius Ono, yeah. who can do these incredible physical feats that you wouldn't expect a guy in, in his shape and his size to be able to do. Uh, this is this is a, a very entertaining match. A uh, little more kind of traditionally WWE, yeah, but totally fun, really entertaining as well. well. It was a big dude that had some agility versus a very stiff, no selling Lars Sullivan that just was brute. And I, I think it paired really well. I'm anxious to see what happens on Saturday in their legit match at. Takeover. Speaking of the legit match at Takeover, we also saw, as we mentioned before, the women's four-way. We saw Kyrie Sane, Nikki Cross, Peyton Royce, and Ember Moon all face off in one ring. It was if this is a, if this is what they're going to do on Saturday, it will be good. Yes. If they go above and beyond this, it will be amazing. This was this was very well worked, very strong match. Uh, all these women work really well together. It, it, very entertaining. Should we spoil and say who won that four-way match at the house show? Uh, let's do it on our review show. Oh, okay. The next show, we'll say, okay, this is who won at the house show. We'll see if it's the same. I don't want to spoil it for people who are going to watch the show. Well, of course, if you guys are curious enough, it's all online. You can go find all that stuff out. Because exactly. I, I think the same matches happened the night prior in Las Vegas. Right. Well, so let's not so. be dicks yeah. and give it away. <laughs> And we're like, just like we didn't give away the Lars Sullivan Cassius Ono finish. Sure. Let's not give away the finish here. Uh, it was very entertaining. Uh, and that's all we'll say. Uh, stay tuned because if it is the same finish, we will, uh, if, whatever it is, we'll let you know the finish that we saw on our review show, which will be coming out after TakeOver this weekend. Next up, we had a singles match between Roderick Strong and Adam Cole, baby! baby! This was my match of the night. Agreed. This was unbelievable. So they had a match on TV last week, last week, the week before, and it was it was all right. But it, it was, got interrupted at the end, didn't it? It did. They didn't really get to build to the finish, but th this had so much more in it. This was just, well, much better built. There was just so much more going on. Adam Cole looked like a million bucks for the first time that I've seen him in NXT. You know, he hasn't really had that signature match yet. Yeah. Man, he's having him in the house shows. Absolutely. Good Lord. Him and Roddy and they gave him it a down. It felt like a full 20 minutes to work this match. They went on for a while. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a full-on match. Uh, and, and Roderick came across as like a fantastic baby face. He's, again, we were saying earlier about just giving off a natural vibe, you know, and we were saying that, that uh, Sabatelli gives off a natural heel vibe. My God, Roderick. Strong just screams babyface from the second he walks out on stage. 
So then, no, this was a great match. Uh, I don't have any problem spoiling this one because this is the, these two guys are involved in the War Games match and aren't going to be facing one on one. Right. But uh, I believe he got feet on the ropes. Adam Cole uh, snuck in a victory, a cheap heel victory over Roderick Strong, who looked suitably bummed afterwards, but he still got an ovation as he went out. No, it was it was an awesome match. Great build, great finish. Uh, I can't say enough good about it. One thing that stood out for me for the match, I finally got to see in person that Yoshigiroshi neck breaker that Roderick Strong does oh. uh, on his knee, and he, I mean, just landed it perfectly. And holy smokes, it looks devastating. It I just oh. we had good seats too, by the way. We never did say this. We were down in the floor, third row back, and just great view of the ring in the corner, and you get, know, got get to see everything. Sweat flung on us from the from yes, the stage. Yes. Oh, it was great. Uh, last but certainly not least, we had a tag match of, of the teams of Velveteen Dream and Cian Almas facing off against Alistair Black and Drew McIntyre. If Talk about a do, dream team. If you'd have told me when I came in I was going to see a tag match between these guys, I, I, I'd have been like, you know what? Just kill me now. It's not going to get any better than this. It, yeah. was, it was awesome. Velveteen Dream, we've, I've, I haven't seen this guy really open up like this on TV yet. He was all over the place. He was Playing to the crowd, he was he was jabbering to people. He was really letting his character out. He can do this character on every level it needs to be done on. He can do the quiet promos. He can do the subtle little stuff as he's walking to the ring, and he can get really big with it and really loud with it. It's entertaining as hell. And of course, Cien Almas is he's right where he should be. He's got that kind of darker heel persona going on right now. Um, Alistair Black was the one that was surprising to me in this because he he kind of let go of some of his more taciturn elements in this match. Yeah. He became more kind of more ha- like, I'm not going to say playful because that's definitely not a word I would ever associate with Alistair black, but he got looser. Yeah. He was you know? smiling. He was laughing at some of the gimmick, the things that were happening, the spots that were going on and playing with the crowd a little bit, turning around, smiling at everybody and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. Just seeing Alistair black facing off against Velveteen dream and their spots and having drew and Cian Almas have their spots. In and the some match. of the storytelling that we saw in there from what right. the, what's been going on with their feuds. It's a lot of fun. And these are both setting up to be takeover matches, uh, with the individuals, right? So this was, I think this was the fun way to close out the show to have throw all of these guys in there at once, let them both get their, their work in and just, to have the four four of the biggest names in take in NXT right now all in the ring at the same time, I'm in. Yeah, and you know what? I know that in the past we have both questioned Drew McIntyre a little bit. We weren't completely sold on him. I have to say for myself right now, after seeing him live, he is the real deal. Yeah, he is. He is absolutely the real deal. Uh, he gave a very impassioned speech after the uh, the whole show. Uh, about how NXT was a place to be, you know, who knows how much of it was was fluff, and who knows how much of it was was genuine. It felt genuine. If it, I think it was genuine, because they spent the next forty five minutes to an hour outside the ring with the crowd taking selfies, signing stuff. I got a picture with Drew McIntyre and holding up the belt. It was fantastic. And again, I will re- you know echo what you just said. I was never that big on him, but seeing him in person, he's massive. He just looks, like I said earlier, another one of those kind of Adonis stereotypical WWE superstars well, that you want to see be your title holder. I was speaking more of just as as far as presence, as far as, as in, in ring action. Yeah. You know, he's definitely got it, it, it. I don't think he had it in the first couple of matches in NXT. I didn't I didn't see it right away. He's definitely getting a lot better uh, as far as what I would expect that I would want to see from someone like that. I don't know if that makes sense. Does that do you think that has but, to do more with his opponents? 
It might, it might, it might have to do with his opponents. He might also be getting used to the WWE style again uh, after working indies for so long. But he's definitely kind of taken the mantle of the guy in NXT on his shoulders. Yeah. And he was, you know, they had him out there as a mouthpiece after the show, uh, saying about how they were really, you know, they, they were proud of NXT and they were they were proud of the fans for supporting them. And they said, you know, we want to have a takeover here in California, which I'm sure was just lip service. But yep. if it's not. <laughs> Will be there, uh, but yeah, no. So it was it was great to see. Uh, all in all, a fantastic show. Great company. We went with a, 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 some some wonderful people. Yes. I have to say. Yes. Oh, thank uh, you very much. Uh, well, uh, well, you you're all right well, thank too. Thank you, kindly, you're, all, you're all right too. But no, uh, <laughs> the but crowd was, the crowd was hot. I'll give them that. Well, and, being the, out, and the crowd out, was hot out too. in the middle of nowhere, way east of an hour plus east of L.A. in Riverside, California. To I mean to have that kind of crowd come in the venue was beautiful by the way I don't know if anybody's seen any of the pictures and all of that stuff but it was an absolute blast well now that we're done marking out about going to see an <laughs> NXT show let's actually run down the card of the pay-per-view that we'll be busy marking out on this weekend um, so first of all this is this is a bit of a cheat uh, so it's going to be recorded at the takeover event but it won't actually be on the takeover show I suspect it will be on the NXT following but I'm still going to say it's part of takeover. Uh, and it might be, it may be the deciding factor when we actually get down to, to seeing who wins the show. Interesting. Okay. Johnny Gargano versus Pete Dunn for the UK championship. Uh, who do you have for this one? Uh, you can't take that off Pete Dunn right now. I'm sorry. He's too hot. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm with you. I think Pete's retaining here. Yep. All right. That was easy. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Cassius Ono versus Lars Sullivan. I, I can't not say Lars. So Lars Sullivan, in my opinion, uh, as much and Ono. Has done a good job with his work with Hideo Itami, all of that stuff, but I think they are really building Lars Sullivan to be this unstoppable monster, very akin to what they're doing for Braun Strowman over on Raw. So I, I feel like Lars is going to take this one. Yeah, I, I really don't see Lars losing at this point, largely because of his undefeated streak. Um, you know, I think Cassius is at the point where he's going to put over most people unless he feels that them winning... Uh, that them losing is going to be more beneficial to their character. So, yeah, I definitely think Lars is going to take this one as well. Let's go over and talk about the women's four-way match. Ember Moon, Kyrie Sane, Peyton Royce, and Nikki Cross. Who you got? So here's the interesting thing. So obviously we saw uh, the match that we saw, and we could pick the finish that we saw, but that might not be the actual finish, and they might be swerving the house shows. Yeah. So that's something to take in consideration when we pick who is going to pick, who's going to take this. Uh, I'm actually going to have to go with Peyton Royce on this one. I think it's an outside one. I think it's going to be, it's a low percentage, but I think given all of the factors, I could argue for any one of these women agreed winning this match. And That's I have the hard part and I have done in person people, but we don't have time right now. I'm not going to get into that. The bottom line is I could see any of these women taking this title. I think the one that's going to have the most storyline coming out of it will be Peyton Royce. I agree with you up to the point where you said the one that could have the most storyline coming out of it because I think that's going to be Nikki Cross and that's who I'm picking to uh, to win this match because of the everything that's going on in and around Sanity right now is way bigger than this iconic duo shtick that's going on with her and, and Billy Kay. So I, I'm picking Nikki Cross. Cool. I, I'm just thinking about heels to chase, but... Yeah, I could definitely, like I said, I could make an argument for any one of them. And if Nikki wins, uh, to be honest with you, I won't be surprised either. Uh, moving over, let's talk about Aleister Black versus Velveteen Dream. Who do you have in this one? Do you see this potentially being Aleister Black's first defeat? 
Not to Velveteen Dream. Not I to don't. Velveteen no. Dream. <laughs> I don't either. So Alistair Black is my pick. Uh, I think this story is not done. I don't think this is any kind of blow off. I think we're going to see more of this as we continue on beyond Takeover Houston. So I'm picking Alistair Black. I mean, here's the here's the great thing. I actually, in some way, hope we're both swerved and Velveteen Dream pulls some sort of uh, stuff out of his pocket and you know bl- blows this up somehow. You know. Whether it be some sort of heelish trickeration or whatever, I, I would love to see if Velveteen pulls off the first Alistair Black loss in some sort of hor- like really heelish way and pisses everybody off, gets himself over, gives Alistair to something to fight for. That could be really great too. It's two really over finishing moves. That'll be the interesting part of the booking and the story of the match. That how this one finishes because you've got kind of Black Mass versus Dream's big elbow drop that he I, has. I'm and seeing I, a Black Mass uh, during the elbow drop. Frankly, oh wow, and kick him out of the air. Whoa. <laughs> That'd oh, be boy. cool, right? All right, so the final one would be Drew McIntyre versus Cian Almas. Is this officially a championship match? It officially is. Oh, okay. Do you see any inter- uh, interference happening here with uh, Cian Almas's valet, Selena Vega? I I mean, yeah, she's there to cause interference. Right. Uh, that being said, do you see any way that they're taking that belt off of Drew? After, after what we saw of him on Saturday, one, uh, and, and given what we know of Cian Almas, do you think they're taking that strap off of Drew at this point? Not. No, no chance in hell. Definitely Drew McIntyre. He, like you were saying earlier, he has become a mouthpiece for the company, much in the way that a lot of, you know, some of the things you would typically see from a Cena or someone else who was, quote unquote, the face of the company. You can see Drew stepping into those roles, dipping his toes into that water just a little bit. No way in hell Drew's dropping this bell here. Oh, another another absolute statement. We'll see that comes back to bite us in the ass. So go okay. So we've been agreeing for the most part on this card. Let's look let's look at one where we probably will disagree and it could go anyway because it's going to be absolute chaos. It's the War Games match. Authors of Pain with Roderick Strong versus Sanity versus the Undisputed Era. And, you know, what they were saying on Saturday was that it was for the belts, which blows my mind because I don't know how that works. If you you got there's <laughs> Is There's it just a triple teams, threat tag team match? But then, but right. But I mean, Sanity, I guess, are technically Freebird winners of the tag belts. But then, if AOP wins, is Roderick Strong one of the tag champs? I, my head explode. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm picking Sanity to win the War Games match uh, because I'm a Sanity Mark, and that's really what it comes down to. And I think it makes the most sense for them to continue to be at the top of the tag division. See, I'm going to go with Undisputed Era. I think it's their time. I think that they're they're building them to be a major force in NXT, and one of the ways to do that is to give them a win. And they need to have a, a definitive win. They haven't had anything that's really iconic in their cord in their corner yet. They haven't done anything that's that's too monumental. And I think this could be a way to give them a big jump start. So I'm going to go with Undisputed Era. Well, there you have it, folks. Our picks for Survivor Series and NXT TakeOver Houston War Games. <sighs> it's, <sighs> been, it's been <sighs> madness leading, leading up this weekend. Man, I can't even keep track of all the stuff that's been shifting around. And this is just WWE. We didn't even get to all the other stuff that's happening in wrestling this week. This is just WWE building up to their crazy pay-per-view. I, uh, will the madness continue on the pay-per-views? I think, think so. You think there's, there's still more madness yet to come, more chaos, more stuff we haven't seen yet that might yet happen? I, I think there will be a some serious outcomes that happen based on the results of what happens at this pay per view on Sunday. <laughs> I think I cannot I cannot wait till the shows 
uh, next week to see the fallout from what happens at Survivor Series. Well, if you want to find out about the results from the outcomes of the matches with the titles and the belts and the people, come listen to our post show our, where we break down what happened at the pay-per-views. We'll be recording that after the pay-per-views this weekend. We're going to talk about all the stuff that went down at War Games and at Survivor Series. Well, not only that, we're going to have some great episodes of Raw, SmackDown, and NXT happening next week based on all of the things that go on this weekend. And we've got all kinds of stuff happening outside of the world of WWE. So we are planning another wide world of wrestling to talk about all of that stuff going on in Impact, and Ring of Honor, New Japan, all kinds of stuff happening outside of WWE. But in the meantime, go to Facebook and check out our Busted Wide Open discussion group. Get in there, get it part, of, be part of the discussion, post a meme, post a, an opinion, yes. talk with us about everything that's going on, everything that you think might go on, everything that did go on. We love discussing stuff with you guys. Absolutely, and just we have a lot of fun in there. Also, you can hit us up on Twitter at BWO Podcast. We are going to be live tweeting as much as possible during all of the pay-per-views this weekend, so come interact with us. Let us know what your thoughts are and your reactions to some of the outcomes of the matches during the pay-per-views this weekend. In the meantime, also check us out on Apple iTunes. Leave us a review. Leave us a rating. Make sure you hit the subscribe button because the more subscribers we have, the happier we are, the happier you are, the happier everybody is. Yay! Happy all around. And if you want to support this show, if you like what we're doing, you can head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar. Sign up to do your very own shoot promo here with me and N on the show if you would like. Or you can head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash store. Pick up some sweet swag, t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, phone cases, you name it, all on sale this week as we head into Black Friday. I actually well. saw one of those tank tops modeled today, and it was exquisite. Oh, was it's it? It's a Very damn nice. good. Very it nice. might just be, it was, the tank top was nice, too. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, the model, I'm assuming, was, was very nice. <clears throat> uh, a gentleman doesn't reveal his secrets. Yes. Well, guys, that's our show for this week. We are stoked about the pay-per-views happening this weekend, and we will be have full recaps next week of everything that goes down right here on the Busted Wide Open Podcast. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me over on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I'm Surrey and Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Surrey and Dangerous. By God! Somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.